When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. bathroom break you came back you were screwed um roberta says this case does not apply but it but it is not a trend follower case but one to know well no but i, I want to know roberto what what type of trade are you setting rules for are you setting rules for structure-based trade is it specifically structure-based trades that are at c points of advanced patterns because that's going to make a difference because if 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 i answer the question for you that says yeah i think it's okay to take a second target at the c point of an advanced pattern what if you have a structure-based trade that isn't the C point of advanced pattern? Then what do you do? Right? Do you have an out in that case? Or like so there need there would need to be a rule for that. So there would need to be a rule that says if we have a potential advanced pattern, then I shoot for D completion. If we don't have a potential advanced pattern, then I shoot for blank blank blank. That's why I wanted to to know the specifics of, of what the trading opportunity was or, or how you saw it. Um, in this case, I figure it fits into a trend following situation, but I wanted to see second target. Okay, so th this would be a counter trend trade. So th this this wouldn't be a this wouldn't be a, a trend following trade. This this would be a a structured trade where we're looking for a reversal, right? So the trend has been bearish in this situation, and then we're coming into a previous structure low. So this would be a counter trend trade. Um, typically, in counter trend trades, you want to be a little bit more conservative. In comparison to trend following trades, because in, in trend following trades, the 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 quote unquote path of least resistance is with the trend, right? So it, it's easier to shoot for extended targets because you figure the market should be flowing that way in, in the first place. Counter trend trades are kind of like a salmon, right? You're going against the the flow of the river. So you usually want to be more conservative with targets in counter trend trades because you're 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 going into the resistance you're you're running into the wind you're, you're going against traffic so the the first point would be to understand what type of trade we're, we're in because that's gonna that's gonna massively affect um how aggressive or conservative you should be with targets mm, salmon i've got some haddock thawing out right now um, but in this case, figure it fits into a trend following situation. I want to get second targets after the first resistance level. I'm making comparison for a specific level, second resistance, showing structure. If I don't want it fits best, we mix them both. Yeah. So, so I, th I think the first thing, the first thing to do is, is understand what side of the market are you actually on. And and this kind of goes into the same thing with the IPDE, right? We we can use the IPDE as far as uh, really in, in the same way we do with our um, analysis with our execution, right? identify what type of situation are we in are we in a counter trend trading situation or are we in a trend trading situation right predict where do you think price is likely to go right based off of 
what type of situation you're in, you expect different things from price. If you're in a trend following situation, you expect price to continue, maybe to extend, right? To put in that bigger move, that next wave, the next extension. If you're in a counter trend scenario, you predict a small retracement, right? A, a small move back into structure, fib level, psychological number or whatever, right? And then within that, you decide how do you wanna play this trade out? Multiple targets, single targets, conservative, aggressive, all that stuff. So it's really kind of the same IPD process with our, our you know, not just analysis, but our trade selection as well. But, but it starts off with understanding what side of the market we're in, right? So in this scenario, does, does this make sense why this would be considered a, a counter trend trade and, and not a whiff trend trade? And if not, let me know. Okay, yeah, so with that being said, you probably wanna be, I'm conservative, so I always think look for the, <laughs> look for the first side of danger, right? That's me, I'm a punk, yeah, whatever. Um, but more so in counter trend trades, you probably wanna look for the first, the first obstacles in your way versus shooting for the moon. I, I think it's, I know we like to, we get caught up in hearing about reversals and stuff like that but but sometimes it could be you know we we don't want to we don't want to overshoot I, I i heard this before um i don't know where i heard it from but um i'm watching a lot of videos lately and uh maybe what, was it the smb training i don't know but someone said that we should always leave money on the table now let me let me know how does, does that does that quote seem a little seem a little odd to you we should always be leaving money on the table. Right? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's, it's the same thing where they say traders, we shouldn't call tops and bottoms, right? We're never going to get in at the very the very top of the market, we're never going to get in the very bottom of the market, right? Right? We're never going to get the entire move. And I think a lot of traders run, I know a lot of traders run in trouble. I've always said this, I don't, I don't think a lot of traders are poor in trade selection. Um, trade execution is a different story, right? So with psychological things of entering too early, entering too late, not entering at all. Um, but target placement is, is a, a big thing I see with a lot of traders where I see a lot of good setups, a lot of good ideas, but their target projections are, are too aggressive, I guess we can say. Right. They're looking for the full move. Hey, I think we're going to see a reversal here from 128 even. And we're going to go to 135s. I'm like, hey, yeah. And what happens is they end up being on the right side of the market. Right. The market goes from 128s to 130s. But then it reverses at 130s and it's a 200 pip move, which is great. Right. You should make some money in that type of move. Right. <laughs> but the trader was shooting for that 500 pip move. And all of a sudden they, they end up with nothing with a loss because of uh, commissions and spreads, right? But it was the target projection that was wrong. And same thing with the stop placement. You see stop placement too far away, so they lose more when they lose, or too close, they don't give the, the market enough enough time to breathe. Um, but that's a that's a big problem for traders. And I think it stems back to kind of the basic, kind of like me when I was trading a trend following system but couldn't identify a trend. I think a lot of traders 
haven't worked on the skill of just pure analysis, just being a chartist, analyzing a price chart and understanding what are we doing? Are we trending? Are we in consolidation? What is the bias here? I don't think in, in general, most new traders don't focus on that. I didn't focus on that. I, I just wanted the strategy. Give me the entries and the exits. I don't care about what the market's doing. Give me the buy, right? But that stuff is important because it, 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 it helps put everything else in perspective. But so not you should always leave money on the table means that you're not trying to get the top to the bottoms, right? You're not trying to get the entire move because how many times are you gonna get the entire move? How many times have you gotten greedy at the, at the casino and end up giving all your money back, right? You wanna get out at the first sign of danger. You wanna make some money, you wanna participate, leave and not get caught, right? Just like robbing the jewelry store we talked about, right? You know, trading, tra not trading powered, right? Tier one, maybe trading powered, I don't know about them. Tier one trading does not endorse the robbing of jewelry stores, right? But if you're gonna rob a jewelry store, don't try to steal everything. Do your homework, plan your attack, know exactly where you're gonna go, get in, steal the most valuable things or the things that you can move the quickest, and then get out of there before the cops come. Yeah, I probably should have used cookie jar. That was more legal. Although I don't know, man. Getting caught by mama in the cookie jar, that may be worse than going to jail for robbing a jewelry store. Mama had the belt. Whew. <laughs> Yeah, make sure, whenever you, yeah, you rob a jewelry store, make sure to get the wife something. You did what? And you ain't bring me back nothing? Uh-uh, turning you in. What? You heard me. Now get back there and steal me them earrings. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Once again, robbing a jewelry store. Much better than getting caught by mom or getting in trouble with the wife. Wise man speaking here. But that's the point of we don't want to catch the, we, we should always leave money on the table. It sounds bad, but it makes sense if you think about it, right? If the market goes up a little bit after, you know, you, you take your profits, that's fine. You, you do your analysis, you do your review, you ask yourself, hey, why did the market reverse here and not there? You, you try to figure out if you could have done something better. I hope you like with every trade you guys take, I hope you're doing that. I hope you're going back and you're saying, okay, could I have done anything better with stops? Could I have done anything better with targets? Right? Ooh, I got stopped out by one pip. Um, oh, I didn't even notice that previous level of structure on the daily that was there. Ah, right? Learning experience. Next time, make sure I look at the daily. Or, hey, I had a, I had a target level at this level, right? But I see the market went to that level. Okay, maybe the 50% works better than the 382, right? They're close, but every time I shoot for targets at the 382, it typically travels up to the 50%. Hmm. Maybe I should start moving my targets from the 3D2 to 50%. Small changes, you make maybe what? 10 more pips a trade. Over hundreds of trades that makes a massive difference, right? So you should still always do that review of how you can maximize what you're doing, right? Maximal favorable excursion, maximum adverse excursion, that fun stuff. You should always be working on that. But the plan shouldn't be to, to outshoot, your, outshoot your targets. You don't need everything. That's what rookie traders want to do. That's what, not even rookie traders, that's what the dumb traders do. They want to take everything out the market. And you'll get caught. The market will punish you. 
Smart money knows what you're thinking. They know it. They'll punish you for it. Ryan says, you had a podcast about that, looking for an 800 pip move that happened a couple times a year. You would not take the 100 pips when it was uh, when it was up and you would break even. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a strategy. This, I, I used to trade a, the system strategy. I forgot what it was called. Um, but it, it, it was it was banked on shooting. It was it was the, the, the goal was to look for the big move. And it, it, it was so frustrating to see so many like 100, 200 pippers get eaten alive um, in hopes of that bigger move. And it's funny, even even for you guys that are uh, we have a lot of people testing the daily chore and any, any daily chore testers in here. And, and we have a, a lot of people that are testing it, and you know, there, there's, there's two ways to look at it. There is, you know, when I, when I was testing, I looked at it both ways. I looked at it from the initial way, initial targets, which are short and sweet. They're one-to-one, right? One-to-one, even risk. Um, and then there's the kind of holding it for the bigger move. And what happens is you, you go through your back testing, and, every, and like once a year, you'll get this on a pair. Once a year, a pair will give you like a 500-pip move, right? And you'll see that, and that will stick with you. You'll be like, man, that felt so good. I caught that whole move. Yeah, that was great. What you don't notice is that if you would have just consistently taken the smaller moves, right, all of the other smaller normal trades that were, you know, that ended up being break even because you were shooting for the bigger move, right, you probably would have made more than what you captured on that one move. It's just not as sexy, so it doesn't stand out to you. It doesn't stand out. I'm trying to think of a sports team right now that that plays like nasty and dirty, but they win. Chelsea's kind of like that, right? No, oh, Spurs is kind of like that. They can score too, but they. <laughs> Why you got the Everton in there? We just played. We just played nasty and dirty. It's like looking at Leeds, right? For example, right? Watching a lot of Leeds this year because I I love the way they play, right? Leeds United. Um, and they 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 just they're all out offensive. They just go for it. And it's beautiful to watch. And they don't bend or break for anyone. Their, 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 their plan. But they give up a lot of goals and they lose, right? <laughs> so it's like, does it really pay off that much? Everton's the same way, just not as much goal scoring. Um, and you look at someone like Spurs, I believe this year they've been playing a lot more defensive counterattacking, and it's not really sexy. But it gets the job done. And they're on the top of the table. They've got an amazing striking core as well, which probably has something to do with it. Son on the fire. Kane with all those assists. Who is that man? But it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. And sometimes, and that's what we've been talking about, the daily chore, I, I think, and I haven't done any more testing on it in a long time, but it felt like one of those strategies that is unsexy, strength in numbers, it's just going to slowly chip away. And, and then you look back at it, you're like, oh, wow. Huh. Okay. But there's not going to be anything that stands out. There's, no, there's not going to be any big trades that stands out. And, and, and that's the reality of trading. You got to look at this as more of, you know, closer to what investors are instead of gambling, where, you know, if you have any, you guys have probably seen your investment accounts, right? That you, if you were to look at a month to month kind of report on them, it's disgusting and nasty. You don't really make anything. But you look five years ago and you're like, oh, wow, how did that turn into that? Right. Trading is the same way. But a lot of new traders, rookie traders, they, they want that gambling experience. They want that big win, that, that, 
feeds the ego that they can talk about and brag about. And it feels like they won the lottery. And, you know, all you got to do is ask yourself, how, how often do you win the lottery? With what you won off the lottery ticket, was it worth the amount of tickets that you bought? Right. When you're buying them every day for three years and you finally win a little bit of money, you probably would have made more money if you wouldn't have wasted money buying those tickets every day. One of those type of things. Joe says, what's a good monthly return on investment? Um, if you're above 2%, you're considered a good trader typically. If you're above 5% on average, you're considered a great trader. Or if you're at 5%, a great trader. Again, a little bit, a little bit, uh, for, Forex is a little bit different because um, it's leverage. So you can do some kind of, you could do some funkier stuff with that if you want. You could be a lot more aggressive. But in general, I mean, 5% 5 is going to give you a 60% year. A 60% year is incredible. If you, if you, if you, if, if anyone tells you that a 60% year isn't incredible, you smack them in the face. Someone did that the other day to me and I laughed. I was like, my best year was a 60% year. So I was like, my best year, like, what was your best year? I'm like, 60%. Oh, you like 60% a month? <laughs> no, a year. He's like, that's all? I slapped him. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. But it, it, it takes perspective to know that. Because again, I, I thought I'd make, I thought I'd double my account every year when I first got into the trading because you, you, you look at it like gambling. You look at it like gambling. And, and the truth is, it, it's not. It, it's not as, it's not as appetizing to the ego. It's a slow, dirty grind. Um, but one that pays off.